Hey, welcome to Hindsight, the podcast. I'm your host, Lee Jones, and I'm thrilled to embark on this journey of exploration with you. We often find ourselves reflecting on the choices we've made and wondering how our lives might have unfolded differently if we had taken a different path. Here's the beauty of hindsight. It gives us a chance to gain wisdom and learn from our past decisions. Look, this podcast is a platform to dig deep into those pivotal moments and uncover the invaluable lessons hidden within. Each episode, we'll hear from remarkable guests, from entrepreneurs and artists to scientists and thought leaders who have faced critical decisions and embraced the lessons that emerged. We'll explore their journeys, their triumphs, and the challenges they've encountered along the way. Together, we'll unpack the decision-making process, discuss strategies to make better choices, and examine the impact our decisions have on our relationships, careers, well-being, and overall fulfillment. So whether you're looking to gain clarity on a current crossroad, seeking inspiration from incredible stories, or simply intrigued by the fascinating world of decisions, Hindsight, the podcast, is here to guide you on this transformative journey. So get ready to embark on a path of self-discovery, growth, and enlightenment as we unlock the power of Hindsight together. (laughs) Look, I'm Lee Jones, your host, and I couldn't be more excited to have you on board. So let's dive right in and explore the fascinating realm of decisions on Hindsight, the podcast. When you look back in hindsight, everything is 2020. In hindsight, we make mistakes we're learning from. In hindsight, be your today and your tomorrow. In hindsight, is so much clearer now. This is Hindsight, the podcast, and introducing your host, Lee Jones. Today's guest is a Bangladeshi-born British author, artist, and poet, best known for her award-winning novel, Written. And it's a heartwarming story of a girl's struggle for freedom and the uncovering of an intricate plan laced around 40 years of secrets, betrayal, and lies in a family desperate to preserve their culture and honor. Deepa is a feminist who is actively empowering women to speak their truth. Welcome to Hindsight, the podcast, Deepa. How are you doing? Thank you, Lee. Yeah, absolutely fine. Really lovely day in the UK. So, uh, yeah, really enjoying the weather here today. <laughs> I tell you what, I had it was it was some uh, great weather finally here as well in in Southern California. Oh, um, wow. I don't know how how much news you get over there about California, but it it rained pretty much the whole month of March and into April. Uh, and you know, if you heard the song, It Never Rains in Southern California, they, they made that song a lot this year. <laughs> well, that's got to be a record for me because in the UK, as everybody knows, we're famous for rain. Mm. And uh, yeah, so it's quite refreshing to hear that other places in the world do get affected by rain a little bit too. Oh, well, it was refreshing for us too because typically we go six, seven, eight, nine, ten months without rain. Um, so, uh, you know, where I live at, it's it's in the desert, you know, uh, but uh, it still uh, has its beauty, but it has its its struggles when it just doesn't rain, right? So this year was a great year uh, to start yeah. off. The, grass the, is always greener. The grass is always greener. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So. Uh, Deepa, first of all, thank you for coming on the show. Um, You know, I started following you on Instagram. And first of all, I just want to say that I absolutely love your message. 
uh, that you're putting out on Instagram. I enjoy Look, I live, I, I live through you a little bit with your travels. So you're all over the place doing lots of things. You know, just tell us, tell us a little bit about who you are. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I would love to. Well, um, you already gave me a really great intro. Um, so my family originally from Bangladesh. I grew up here in the UK and I was born in Bangladesh and I lived with my mum and dad for a couple of years before they immigrate, migrated to the UK. And my parents were uh, Bangladeshi born, um, but my father came to the UK in the in the 60s, really, and he set up his um, business here. He had a restaurant, Indian restaurant, mm-hmm. and then he settled here, and then he brought my family and uh, my, my brother and I over to the UK, and we settled here and grew up here. So we have a, a very kind of um, mixed heritage, really, in terms of how I grew up, and um, that was really treacherous journey for me because my family uh, my parents were very much native Bangladeshi speakers they were also um adopted of course you know the the traditions and the cultures from from Bangladesh and growing up here was very much about um navigating the expectations they had of me and my brother and then my extended family of course that were also um raised in our household as well um so yeah i'm a bangladeshi um born um british author and um yeah i'm also a mum as well so i have two boys and um i also work in tech uh, so i also have um uh, my bread and butter, if you like, is technology and looking at tech, but I also do a raft of things. So I'm, I'm really interested in um, cultivating a, a better mindset for women. Um, so I'm very much about empowering women. And and the, my South Asian roots is also something that I'm trying to bring awareness to in the UK more about how we have to kind of change the mindset a little in order for to strike a balance with um, how we how we go about uh, living a, a tradition, a fairly traditional, adopting some of the traditional ideas, but also balancing it out with the very modern Western ways as well. And right. um, so, I talk a lot about a lot about that um, on my um, channel on Instagram as well, um, and also my book, which I guess we're going to talk about in a bit as well, um, really covers in depth about this navigation of of this journey through culture, Eastern, Western culture. Wow! So you touched on it a little bit, but how? So how did you live in Bangladesh at all? No. Um. So I I I was born there. I was two years old when my family came here so I, I really didn't know anything or remember anything about it but right. I did go back to Bangladesh for um a few months um on a visit um when I was about 12 years old and that was a really interesting insightful visit to really look at my roots and look at where my family are from and the reasons why 
perhaps they adopted a lot of these very traditional ideas and values of how how they raise their children as well. That's 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 interesting. So, how was how was it for you growing up? Because I'm and I'm only assuming. So you tell me if I'm wrong that. Maybe when you you went to school or you you know you did things, uh, kids were a little differently, or their families were a little differently uh, than how maybe your family was mm-hmm. coming up. So how was it being a child and growing up, and and then to grow up? To touch on this last point, you went back to Bangladesh, and maybe you got sort of a better understanding of where your parents were coming from as well. So if you can mm-hmm. touch on those two points a little bit. Definitely. Um... So growing up in a traditional Bangladeshi or South Asian household is very different to what the West Western households um, mm-hmm. raise their children. Um, for one, we speak a different language at home. My parents really wanted to um, allow us to um, learn a new language and they made it a very strict rule to speak in in Bengali uh, at home and it was actually a really great thing that they did because it forced us to learn a new language and obviously it's a we learned it passively so that made it um easy for us to learn it um but with the their roots came a lot of good things but also a lot of bad things as well so some of the Eastern cultural things didn't always work with the the West, such as the clothing we wore, and perhaps even how we um, studied at home. You know, mm-hmm. my family didn't really have a real drive to um, or an appreciation for education and how much it's needed in the UK and how much. Without that, without the education, it's very difficult to um, expand your horizons and your career opportunities. Um, so all those kind of facets of growing up were a little bit difficult for me, especially being a woman, um, mm-hmm. because they traditionally women in Bangladeshi communities uh, and families they want their their daughters married at a very young age. And so one of the big challenges I had was. Um, being kind of conditioned to think that I had no other prospects for me other than being married at the age of 16. And one of the biggest objectives my mother had was that I would finish secondary school or high school, you might call it in the, in, in the US, mm-hmm. and be be married to a cousin of mine who was probably around about 15, 20 years older than me. Mm. And to go back to Bangladesh and live there with him. And that's this this whole traditional idea that they had was absolutely scary for me because that was not the route I wanted to go down. That was not the idea I had in my head about my future and how I would live my life. Right. Wow. So... So okay, so two questions again. I like to I like to double them up. What did you do for fun, right, as a child, and maybe even now, right? I know you like to travel, but what did you do for fun as a child? And when did the weight of knowing that you would have to marry 
at least by the age of 16, set in for you as a child? And how much did that weigh on your psyche? Mm, absolutely. So growing up, one of the one of the amazing things about where I grew up was it was all uh, in a in the north of of the UK uh, in an area called Lancashire, which is just beautiful hills and lots of um, countryside. And um, it was a small town that I grew up, and you could you felt so safe. You could leave the door open all the time. Uh, nobody's going to barge in or, or steal anything. It was it was a really safe place. And mm-hmm. um, and the things that I used to do for fun really um, was really ponder and look beyond those hills. I mean, for me, um, from my window, uh, I could see the entire town. I had the views of the hills and the countryside, the rolling hills, and and for me. Growing up and being in that little area of mine, that little small town just was more than enough, you know, and right. having my family and, and, you know, around me was more than enough. But when things started to change was moving, a little, getting a bit older and think from around about 10 or 11 when on my visit to Bangladesh, I overheard this conversation about this idea that they wanted me to get married. My mother, just to give you a little bit of background, my mother was married off to my dad, who is 20 years older than than her, um, right. at the age of 12. And in mm. her mind, she always had this idea that would be my that would be her ultimate ambition for me. And so when we went to Bangladesh, um, it kind of was. Uh, I discovered that they were also trying to achieve the same thing for me. And that frightened me right. to the point where I kind of, I knew that was not for me. That was not going to be my life and that was not going to be my future ever. So I set about a plan um, to really study really hard and really make sure I had a really good education and I fought for the education such that that wouldn't, ever be the choice um that was right. going to be as going to be thrown into well so okay so let me go back i don't actually it's not going back but let's just clarify so did you have to get married at 16 and maybe get an annulment or something did that ever happen no luckily for me no um okay. because i did really work hard for my education yes, and right. i spent a lot of time convincing my family that wasn't the option for me that was not the way I was going to live my life and a mixture of lobbying really hard and and speaking to lots of family friends and close uh, relatives um to to really make sure that's not the path they wanted to take for me resulted in not having to be married off to my um to my cousin that's older than me uh, which was a really good news yeah Wow, that's that's interesting. What else did you so you spoke specifically about this topic, but what else did you learn? Uh what were some insightful things that you learned on your trip back to Bangladesh? I love this question. Um so um in the West, we we tend to be very much geared towards money and education is so that you can get a job and education right. is for um 
getting into the workforce and then making a career and then moving up the ladder and then you can buy material things and have have a great time and great life and that's a lot of what we were all geared towards in the in the west but going to Bangladesh made me realize wealth is seen in a completely different way and mm. the what if if you're a if you're a tourist going to Bangladesh you would consider seeing um, a mud hut with people living on very basic um, means such as a little bit of rice or a little bit of water. Mm-hmm. You, you'd consider that poor and, po- and poverty and, you know, they, they can't be really existing like this and they must right. be suffering. But in Bangladesh, I met the most happiest people I've ever met and they were living on the most basic things what we would consider basic and it was a real insight for me to to see that you can be happy with the most simplest things as long as you are happy within yourself and I think there is an element of course yeah we're all gonna have a bit of suffering or there's gonna be you know it may be a little bit harder um Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I don't my my biggest lesson from there was that I was not any more happier here as I was there. It, it wouldn't have the inside happiness that you gain does not come from the external aspects. It comes from the internal aspects. And seeing myself in in the most humblest places made me realize that I was beyond wealthy and beyond happy because of my inner happiness rather than the external factors which normally present as being the main thing that would make people happy. Wow. So it was really insightful for me to go there. And yes, you know, definition of poverty is, oh, you know, we're, we're all running around with hardly any clothes on and, you know, I can't even afford to feed our families and things like that. But actually the poorest were happy as long as they could go fishing and get some fish and ha- have a meal at, at the end of the day with their family. Um, they, they were happy that they could, they had shelter. They were happy that they, um, you know, their children were healthy. And right. if you think about it, the real essence of life is that we have those main five or six objectives, you know, that we, that we're healthy, that we're happy inside, that, you know, we're, we're clear of problems and safe and we yeah. have shelter and all the, it, once we get all those things ticked off, then, you know, really we're, we're complete. It's just we we bolt on all these ideas, sophisticated ideas, that this is all these external things will make us greater, happier, and all these things. But actually, in essence, they're just add-ons and bonuses. And when I take that away, it makes me think, you know, I don't actually need a lot. I just need to make sure I can get those things together and everything else that I achieve in my life is is greatly going to benefit somebody maybe you know, that's, that's the main objective now. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's, you know what? A lot of people don't have, and even me, right. A lot of people don't have an opportunity to, to be able to compare two different, not mm. necessarily existences. I think that's too strong of a word, but cultures, right. Mm. Uh, locations around the world and then make that distinction instead of, you know, our first thing is to judge, Oh, they're poor. Right. Mm. And instead of understanding and kind of immersing yourself in that culture while you're there and, you know, getting that experience. So it's really, it's really, um, you know, I'm 
using these big words. <laughs> it's it's really um good. I'll keep it simple. You know, to hear that you had that experience, right? And then that makes everything else that you do going forward, you know, easier, I think, to attain because you know these are the main things that I have to focus on. And if we're good here, then all this other stuff, like you said, is icing on a cake. Like yeah. it's just making things potentially it's, making things better. It's kind right? of like um <laughs> You know, I, my, my dad, for example, would sit under the stars um, and he, he, he'd be happy there just sitting under the stars and sleeping under the stars. But some people might call that homeless, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and it's, kind of, it's kind of just perspective and really understanding that you, it's how you want to define it that actually is the key key to it. For example, I mean, some of the things that I really love is that during COVID, a lot of people had to stay at home and they didn't really go out anywhere. And um, when you, you, some people might say, oh, I'm feeling cooped up and imprisoned, you know, in our homes, or you could say, I'm feeling safe in my home. So I think right. it's the same place. It's just the mindset of how you approach it and how you deal with that and how you look at it. I mean, my, my dad could have, walked around Bangladesh and said he's homeless because he doesn't have he's sleeping under the stars but he didn't do that so right. um yeah I, I really think that was a massive takeaway for me to to go there and see it like this and poor people there don't consider themselves poor you know they, yeah. they consider themselves wealthy they consider themselves adequate and happy and they're not comparing themselves to the the big tall skyscrapers of of UK and the the money that goes here goes around here yeah that's amazing um do you do you uh do you plan to go back again uh i've, I've got to admit i have no real plans of yeah, going yeah. back um my children are um always inquisitive and i think it would be a really insightful time to trip to go to Bangladesh or maybe other countries like that, you know, travel around with them and, and really give them perspective because that really grounded me. And I think sometimes we get so consumed in all of these worldly things that we forget that right. actually, you know, we, we need to find happiness within ourselves before we bolt all these extras on that we have um, around us. Right, right. Good. It looks like you give, and you know, maybe maybe it's the same trip all the time, and I know it's not right. But it looks like you give your kids an opportunity to experience um, different cultures as well. It looks like you travel a lot, and you, you know, your family does think a lot of things together. So that's that's pretty mm -hmm. amazing. Um, being in the military, we traveled a lot, so my family got to see a lot of different things. But we were mostly in the United States. Now I was in mm -hmm. other places. Um, and got to experience different cultures and, you know, have a different perspective. Like, it's always good to get out of your comfort, mm. right, and see mm. from a different perspective. And then that expands your knowledge in your uh, – actually, it helps with your decision-making, right? Because yeah, now I've, you've I've got to say that is one of the most important reasons I want to exist and live is for the experience of everything. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's the, that's the same idea that my my family, my my husband and I and the children, you know, we we want to 
adopt that idea of curiosity and and really living for those experiences you know even if it is just to take a walk and really be in tune with nature or mm-hmm. see something and learn it's it's really all about the learning and the journey that we have while we're here and the material things you know they they're just we're not so focused on that you know it's not that important to us it, the, the real thing is the real beauty is how much have we come how much have we managed to experience and what we what have we learned from all of it right and uh, yeah I, I i really love that aspect of of my life with with my my family now you gave me one already and it was pretty powerful right and and you gave us the reason why you did it uh, or made this decision but can you share a choice that you had to make in how your decision affected your life, good or bad? Mm. Oh, goodness, Lee, I'm going to go deep here. (laughs) (laughs) Because um, I think growing up in a a very Eastern uh, traditional culture, cultural family really had some major challenges. And there were, there was one thing that stayed with me my entire life and re- was a really difficult choice I had to make but one that actually empowered me and completely changed my tra- trajectory in, in life and that was the idea that in eastern families the way in which children are brought up is very much about you, you uniform uniformity and um submission so you you had to you had to comply to very religious ideas and traditional thinking ideas that the family had a lot of expectation on you you had to you you kind of you you were told you didn't have any choice you hadn't you didn't have any choice in who you married you didn't have any choice in in what you where you went for a career or you know what career you, you you decided to go for or there was it was very very strict family upbringing and so most of my life I grew up thinking I didn't have a choice and right. to a point where I ended up be, being married in an arranged marriage to uh, to a man that my family approved of um, just so that I could get their approval and what happened in the end was that fear and all of these controlling ideas had me feeling compelled to do things by my family which was you know marry this person and you know you will be accepted in our community you'll be accepted in our family we'll support you we'll do all these wonderful you know things we'll be happy and and what I discovered very early on in that marriage was that um this wasn't the right choice for me this was not the right thing for me and how do I break away from this you know without losing my entire family and everybody going against me and all of these difficult difficulties that I would have with um being abandoned or um uh, kind of outcasted from from my family so the this was a really big hurdle for me because I, I don't know what it would be like for you but imagine your family saying I don't want to speak to you anymore if you decide to divorce this guy or divorce this woman. Um, and you had to make a choice about whether you would stay in that marriage and make your, keep, keep your whole family and your entire generation or leave and, and 
decide you are going to go on your own and figure out what you need to do for your life. Right. And I think I think that was a really difficult, really pressurized decision I had to make. And in the end, I I had to go with my heart and my instincts were that this wasn't the right thing for me. This was not the right life. And I didn't want to go around being a lie. I don't want to lie to myself and I don't want to lie to anybody else. This is not right for me. And in the end, I left. But leaving that marriage made me realize so many things. One, that I have a choice. Okay. I have a choice in every little aspect of my life. I have a choice in even the tiniest thing. And that was something completely, completely a revelation to me. I didn't know. Up until that point, I didn't know I had a choice. Wow. Um, and, and so that's that's just the way in which I feel you this is the this is the thing that I've learned the most and I and I really want to bring to the table in terms of the South Asian community and the way in which women are conditioned and feeling pressured into going down a path which doesn't really feel right for them and um, then living a very empty and, and soulless life and now I live every day knowing that I am in control and I have choices and I can choose every little tiny thing that I want even the thoughts I have are a choice I'm making intentionally right. and when I live with that intentional um, y- y- approach to life I, I realize I can I'm empowered to do anything I want to do um, for the rest of it and change every day you know change every every aspect of it as, as I want to and I need to and that was really that was a really big life lesson for me um, in that it, it, it was it was a kind of massive journey for me to to actually encounter that and actually overcome it and come out of that and actually be able to say that look you know you 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 can make these choices and you shouldn't feel pressured to to be in these types of situations you you really can empower yourself and find your own path to the to to reach the desired outcome for yourself so how did that decision impact your relationship with your your family? Well, I mean, they completely were against it. Um, it did was they come? Like, did they come around eventually? Um, it was sorry. I'm sorry. Did they come around eventually? Uh, I think it's still very fractured yeah. Um, yeah. because it's kind of like um, culturally, you're not one of us. That, mm-hmm. That's the way. It, that's the way it feels like for them that it, it that I'm not one of them and that I betrayed them or betrayed their my upbringing and everything they've taught me and all these things and um it hurts a lot because um it doesn't stop you loving your family no no matter what culture and what what's happened or you know whether you have right or wrong or anything you never stop loving the people that were once part of your life um, yeah. and and I think to to have this um, kind of feeling of being shut out from all of that it, it, it is it's still it's still painful mm-hmm. but at the same time I think what's really important for women like myself um, to, to to really understand is that making a stand for these things, is absolutely pivotal in order for 
these types of community mindsets to change, you know, and really for people to learn that, look, living within these these constructs are not giving any community any real uh, anything back in reality. These We're living a very kind of soulless existence if people feel like they're confined to these ideas. Yeah. Um, and, and social media and many other communities that are, raising awareness about these topics are really bringing together a change in in the mindsets of of these communities and i think in generations from now i think we'll be in a completely different place where this this these ideas just no longer have any real um benefit to to communities you know to live in this way i i agree that traditions such as clothing and food and you know things that you do they're they're wonderful they're 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 brilliant but i think these ideas of completely controlling people's um decisions on their own personal life i think they definitely need a change in in a, in a good way for, for right. people to benefit from them wow so i know I, I think i think i know the answer to this question but i'm asking you anyway so knowing what you know right now Right. Would you do you think you'd make the same decision that you did back then to kind of, you know, take a left turn instead of, you know, going on with with what your family expected of you? Oh, goodness. Yeah, absolutely. I would (laughs) same if I went back in time, I, I, you know, and I and I spoke to younger, deeper, I would I say, girl, you're making the right choice. Go go. <laughs> go, yeah, go, awesome. do, go do your thing. Don't stay here, you know. Um, so yeah, I think, I think definitely, um, uh, and I'm an advocate for this everywhere. You know, everywhere I go, this is my main right. message: is that you've you've got to do right by you, no matter how much it hurts somebody else. It's got to be genuine. It's got to be real. It's got to be your real truth, your golden truth. And you can find it; it's in you. You you feel it all the time. You feel it in everything you do, um, and keep that light shining because that is so important. That is what's going to keep giving. It's, it, that's that's where you're going to be the uh, the sensation um, to to other people, and that's how you will generate good in the world. Absolutely. So that's a well. This whole topic is a great segue uh, to your award-winning book, written, and mm. you're going back and t- telling young Deepa to, you know, stay with your gut, right? Go with your gut, right? How much of young Deepa is represented, and maybe even older Deepa is represented in your in your book, in your novel? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, written is about a, a little girl who, um was told her entire life uh, was planned from birth and she had no choice but to um, uh, adhere to her parents' plan and, 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 and live by that. And the notion written is actually taken from uh, a very cultural, I would say Islamic, but it's, it's kind of more of a cultural mindset that destiny is um written already yeah. so your your whole plan your whole everything that's happening to you is actually already written it was all as part of the grand plan and 
written is about this young girl who's been told that you know everything she's got to accept everything and her coming to a head with these decisions is where she starts to question and challenge a lot of what's going on mm-hmm. which leads to her realizing that this is not not for her and yes um a lot of the storyline um, although it's fictional and uh, written with fi- fictional characters has been inspired from my own um, experiences of growing up in a um, sort of traditional uh, Eastern culture, um, but navigating that in a very Western society right. and, and, and looking at all of the intricacies around um, growing up uh, the psychological effects of um, marriage forced or arranged or manipulated marriages and how the community reacts when things don't quite fall into place with their thinking um yeah and and so I wrote it really initially I I, I hadn't intended it to be a book it was very much a journal mm. and the idea was I just wanted to get my thoughts out because I couldn't understand because I was living in such confines. I I couldn't understand why I felt so strange about this, this whole way in which I I was asked to, to exist. And I just had to get my feelings out on paper. And then um, probably around about um, back about 15, 16 years ago, I came across this journal and I was reading through it and I, laughed and I said gosh Deepa you, you've written like a novel here and uh, it's like 40,000 words you know, penned you know in a journal and I laughed and like literally two weeks after that I started getting these really strange emails messages um, coming into my inbox and it was something like how to write your own novel how to um <laughs> you know write, write your own book write your book here here's this is what I did I'm also I was also in tech and banking but I also wrote my book and and I kind of thought gosh why am I getting this this is really strange I can't write a book there's no way I can write a book um but then this idea was planted in my head and it just wouldn't go away Lee. Right. it was like everywhere I went I had this nagging message and it kept saying write me write me write me and I just kept saying I haven't got time to rise I mean I've got two children I've got a baby I've got um you know a nine-month-old and a and a, and a one-year-old there's no way I'm in, in anywhere that I'm going to be able to write um but it just kept nagging me and I said okay I woke up one day and I said okay I'll write it and it was like I sounded like a lunatic because um I'll talk to myself and <laughs> um, I'll write it but I don't have I don't have the time right. um and then it was like find the time you know yeah and yeah. um, and so I I began this idea um, of writing uh, writing the, the the manuscript for written um, and initially it was just on the train and back that was the only time I had between my having two two kids you know only a year apart from each other and a full time job working in a bank and. Right. So um, I, you know, I would take the train, which was a thirty-minute train, and I would write a thousand words on the train there, and then a thousand words on the train back, and it was sometimes standing as well in in between the the aisleway while I'm writing, um, and eventually over a couple of years, I had this something in the region of two hundred fifty thousand words of of 
writing, which had to then get transcribed into a kind of an, a book which would um, make sense to, to, to people. And, of, of course, my community that I was really targeting was really the South Asian community, of course. Right. So lots of people have read my book from across the world and and have found, found it really insightful as well, just understanding the culture and perhaps even understanding as well, like from a story point of view, yeah. uh, I really enjoyed um, reading it and just as a, as a novel. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a little bit about how it all began really. That's pretty cool. So, so do you have uh, something in your head saying to uh, write book or novel number two, or have you already written it or what, what do you got going on next? Oh yeah, there's lots of different ideas floating around, um, and I'm sure it's it's going to start nagging at me straight after this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm, I'm, I do have another book idea, um, and yeah, it, it started. I started the process. I think it needs my commitment now to to really bring it together and I think that's where I am right now is really trying to bring the idea together okay. um, and of course my first love is written because um, really that was everything in that book is really to the core of me and it's really about really speaking my truth and really speaking from the heart and everything that was written was really from that point of view because it initially started the journal and journals are very much your very inner thoughts and so I think that still has a burning desire to to be out in the world and to be meeting lots of people and in fact it's been on more holidays than I have I've got to say um I watch with envy when I see people reading the book on on islands and holidays and things like that so uh yeah, yeah as long as it keeps um doing its thing I'm, I'm gonna be happy as well right right that's pretty cool that's awesome I tell you what I want to write a book hmm. and I'm waiting on that voice that you heard to <laughs> to thrust me into action, right? I've started writing like a lot of short stories and stuff like that. So pretty good at that. But I do have a desire to want to write a novel. Um, yeah. I do have a desire to want to write a nonfiction book as well. Um, you should go for it, Lee. Honestly, it's, I think there's a saying, isn't there, that there's a, 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 a book in everyone. There's a story right. in everyone. And I think the more we can share these stories, the more insightful it, it is for um for everyone, you know, to you know, to it actually also just a, a way of leaving your legacy behind as well, you know, to, to really right. have have that piece of you that's out there and circulating. I, I really think it's something special um when you get into the vlog. And I do think there is a little bit of that, you know, that you just need to um get into a routine or a cycle and eventually you you'll get the ball rolling in no time. Yeah. I'm really inspired by your dedication, listening to you writing the, your thousand words, standing on the train or sitting or however, however it happens. Like this is the time that I have at this point in my life to write. And you took yeah. full advantage of that time is very uh, inspirational. So definitely appreciate that bit of once again, inspiration. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, so what, I've asked you a few questions and I appreciate you, you know, it's hindsight, the podcast. So I appreciate you going back and, you know, maybe reliving some of your experiences growing up and how things are now with you. But is there anything um, that maybe you'd like to share that I haven't asked you? 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think the main thing that I'm always going to consistently talk about is the need to really find yourself, find your golden truth. And I think the most important message that I I can take or, or give anybody from my book or from my journey is really really looking inside of yourself to to find what it is that gives you that spark and gives you gives you that urge to keep striving for something better and I I really think that's that's my in essence what all of this was all about you know the book the where I'm living my life the the kind of perspective I have it's all around this idea am I really living my real golden truth you know in essence is that is it is this really me or not really me right. and I think yeah I think you know you, your podcast was a really interesting one to to talk on because I think taking that's the biggest takeaway is is that you know how how much of you is really living the real you and um authentically as possible and I think um if I can spread that message around then that's I'm I'm doing my job I'm doing what I'm here to 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 be and uh, yeah I, I really thank you for giving me the opportunity to share that message and and really talk a little bit about that as well Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Um, It is important because we all, I I won't talk for everybody. I struggle with, you know, trying to differentiate what's, how do I say this? Um, What are the things that I need to do, one, to motivate myself to be the best me that I can be, Mm. right? And a lot of times you aren't the best you because you're or I'm uh, kind of not necessarily confused, but you're inundated with these other ideas of how you should be right Mm. from other people's perspective. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so having you, have this conversation right because you took a big you put you took a big step mm. right and i'm sure um it was it was you know some challenging times you know going through once you made that decision on the direction you were going right but but mm. that's who you needed to be that's who you are supposed to be not what yeah. they want you to be you know what i mean mm. so I really appreciate you coming on and sharing that message, right? Because that not only may inspire someone listening, but it inspires me as well. So thank you. Thank you, Lee. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's a real honor to be here and yeah, being able to talk to you and catch up with your audience as well on on this topic. And uh, I hope that uh, it can help inspire others to really live their fullest life and really find their truth true self as well absolutely deepa it's been so much fun i shouldn't say fun because this was a good conversation but this was very insightful right and i really enjoyed getting to know you a little better and once you do decide you're going to write your book and maybe you know during the process or when you complete it wherever it makes sense i'd (laughs) love to have you back on the show that would be awesome. I would love to do that to to share any new insights into uh, on, on this show. And, uh, and yeah, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Lee. 
Thank you. Okay, well, you take care, and we'll keep in touch. Uh, until later. Thanks, Deepa. Thank you, Lee. Bye for now. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in to Hindsight, the podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know I did. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button to stay updated on future episodes packed with inspiring stories. Before you go, leave me a message with your thoughts, feedback, or suggestions for future topics. And if you're loving what you hear, please take a moment to rate this episode. Your feedback helps me to grow and reach more listeners just like you. So remember, life's a journey. Stay tuned, stay curious, and keep gaining wisdom through the power of hindsight. Until next time. Oh, and don't forget, subscribe, leave a message, and rate this episode.